Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, June 12th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope you had a great weekend. Went by too quick, but it's a new week. We got a lot to get to. Hope everybody's doing well. Nick Roush, how was your weekend? It uh, it went well. It went well. Um. I, I, I shared Friday we were doing the Children's Museum in Indy. And uh, best part, I got to say, I I want to go back only for the outdoors part. They have a, a relatively newer area, TJ, where it's, hey, come here and try all of the sports. And when I say all of the sports, I mean all of the sports. You could um, – I kicked a field goal. They had, So they had like a football area. They had basketball area. And the basketball goals for like – Every different size. Um, they had, you could play hockey. They had street hockey set up out there. They even had little pedal cars for you due to the Indy 500. So they had a little bit of everything. The the, the cake, though, the real, the real bee's knees, they had a large putt-putt set up. I want to say it was 27 holes. And um, to keep things safe with the kids, they used smaller tennis balls instead of golf balls that would be flying around everywhere. But... The cool part was that 18 of those holes were replicas of famous golf holes. So they had 18 at Whistling Straits. They had the Island Hole at TPC Sawgrass. They had a hole from Kiowa. Um, so it was it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, they, uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, you you can hit in the sand in those uh, those little turf things, and it doesn't. Doesn't hurt as bad as when uh, I'm trying to get out of the sand in a regular day. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Good time. Duke enjoyed that uh, maybe even more than seeing the dinosaur skeletons. So, uh, we, we, had, we had a lot of fun. Did a lot of stuff this weekend. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I might have lost my air, an air conditioning unit, though. So, yeah, we'll deal with that later. It's at least staying cool for now. That doesn't sound good. Well, the no. weekend sounds great. Sounds like a blast, but doesn't sound yeah. good about the the AC. Seems like you've you've had a, a, an issue or two at the house. Yeah, you know it's 110 years old. It's probably going to have some issues. We we knew these ACs were going to go out eventually. It was just 
be ideal not around the same time we're also looking to buy a new vehicle. So, but that's kind of how things go, right? When one that's goes, the way they, that they go. Yeah. Yep. Well, Scooch, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. It was, like you said, TJ, one of those weekends that definitely wasn't long enough. I was able to stay pretty occupied for the most of the weekend. So that was good. I went to my mom's on Friday, swam in her pool. And then as I was leaving her house, I get a text from my brother. Hey, we're playing poker tonight. So I went over there on Friday night, played some poker, made a quick 80 bucks. They, they do cash games over at my brother's. So I made a quick 80 bucks and bounced, so that was nice. And then Saturday had to produce for the Silver Creek Semi-State game, so they ended up winning that. But other than that, on Saturday, I was I was pretty well done. So I, I didn't really do much Saturday. Sat around, watched a lot of UFC. Um, and then yesterday I had to work, but then I get home from work, and one of my buddies texts me, hey, we're hanging out on the porch. You should come hang out. So I went and did that last night. So it was really good. All their, their kids were there and stuff, so it was fun. We were hitting golf balls back in his backyard he's got this like uh i don't know if you call it like a hunting blind but it's made out of metal it's it looks like it's made from an old silo so every time i go over to his house we debate how far it is from his back porch to the silo we've always thought it was over 200 so i finally broke out my gps or rangefinder last night and it was only 170 so we sat out there and probably hit golf balls with that thing for close to an hour. So it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good end of the weekend, but glad to be back here on a Monday. How about yours, TJ? How was your weekend? Could, could you could you hit it, though? I want to know. Um, so I got pretty close one time, and then my buddy, who he's never golfed. I mean, he had a set, he said, back like when he was a kid, but he hasn't played since then. But he, uh, he actually had a really, really good swing. I was really impressed with his swing, just the pacing of it and all that. But he took my four hybrid at one point and absolutely smoked one, took dead aim at this hunting blind, Somehow it bounced before the hunting blind and then bounced over it. Mind you, this thing's probably 9, 10 feet tall, but his ball bounced over it. So that was pretty disappointing because our only reason for doing that, I was just curious what kind of sound it would make because it's made out of like metal. So I just wanted to know <laughs> how loud it would be when the golf ball hit it. So I was real disappointed that we weren't able to get it done. The guy who could shoot even on a par three course can't hit a 10-foot metal shack 170 yards away. Man, I got so close, though, TJ. So close so many times. I'm just kidding, but I I, I, I also would be a big fan. Sounds with a golf ball, always fun, so I can relate to that. (laughs) I I just love that it's this all comes back to... Man, I just want to, I just want to hit that big box with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great night. I love it. I just, I know, I just know the echo that it would have provided. It would have been great. He has a lot of land, so it would have reverberated off the trees. Just hear the dong. Would have been great. Been fun. Would have been fun. <laughs> well, it gives you all something to aim for next time. For sure. I, my weekend was great. Went by too quickly. I was able to golf on Friday. The weather was awesome. Was able to finally try those little, they're not push carts because you're not pushing, but you have that little thing to your belt line and it just follows you around carrying your bag like a robot. I was finally able to use one of those things. Total game changer. And we've talked about on the radio show before how I'm a fan of walking courses, unless it's just super hot or you're playing in the middle of the day or something, then it becomes like a health concern. But if the weather's nice, I'm gonna want to walk doesn't mean i always do if the group if everybody else in the group is riding i'm not going to be the person that's going to make them wait on me but i enjoy walking 
but finally was able to try out those ones that are just follow you around. And it was a total game changer. It was awesome. I, I would, I, I think that's maybe what I want for Christmas is one of those bad boys. But I, and I know some people have them themselves, but the one that the course that I played at that you rented out, it was, it was like bigger than the ones that most people just have that what one of their personal ones. This one had like a little cooler on it. It had a little compartment. You could put stuff, obviously you could put your clubs on it. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's just, just like a little robot. Think of like a, a bigger size Roomba. Um, it has three wheels, little tricycle setup, one in the front, two in the back. And you clip this thing to your belt and it knows to stay about like three feet away from you for the most part. And as you walk, it just follows. If you zig, it zigs with you. It'll zag with you if you zag. And I just never really thought that like pushing the cart would make a huge difference. I I understood it probably makes some difference, especially going up hills. But like it's a cart. I'm not a weakling. Like I can push a cart easily. Uh, But I could have walked 36 with that little thing following behind you. Like I didn't feel tired at all afterwards so that was cool i didn't play well though so that was less cool but still nice day out there had a birdie which uh that's always a good time when you get any sort of birdies had had several birdie putts only able was only able to hit one of them though and then we went out to my second favorite fancy restaurant in town on friday night and that was just unbelievable sometimes you just have these meals that feel like they're transcendent they just take you to another to another place and that's that was me on friday night saturday was was a fun day as well we're going to talk about the baseball game we were were going to have a few people over to watch it and people came over and like as soon as we were getting ready it was like oh uh oh game's delayed how long is it going to be delayed and then shortly after you you found out that it was going to be late all the way to eight o'clock so i was like worse baseball watch party that we've ever had of course it was the <laughs> first baseball watch party that we ever did have but ended up going to uh lourdes church, church picnic roush got my got my church picnic season started nice nice and uh, right there off off breckenridge and st matthews and saw so one to that picnic before it's nice yeah it's, it's a nice setup we, we've gone to it's fish not, um, there. yeah the the time that i went it, it's not too congested kind of mm-hmm. feel like you can you know wiggle around a little bit and I, I like that the bounce houses are the new have replaced the terrifying rods that just look like they're going to fall apart in any given moment correct yes and they had a great bounce house selection and it, it, they had an interesting setup too it was just 15 dollars, all you could bounce go to whatever yeah. bounce houses you want uh, which I, I like and that that makes it easier too because then you aren't it's, you don't gotta play the budget game you don't gotta say no to your kids it's just like all right give them a wristband let them go for as long as they want mm-hmm. yeah uh that was nice and also they don't they only like it's all cash it's like even when you're oh, yeah. gambling it wasn't like chips or anything like that it was just put your cash Ooh. on the table they that also was even more fun they had one dollar minimums and blackjack which is what a treat that, that's great for folks I don't know if I'd do that if I was running a church picnic because if you were playing one and like and again you're not trying to make a killing I wouldn't have like five dollar minimums either I think I'd have probably maybe two dollar minimums but you could play one dollar hands for three hours and lose like six bucks Roush and be like hey this was fun <laughs> I, I came out pretty good there uh, but that was fun all cash there and then ran into one Mike Rutherford out there. 
So uh, he, he's not in he's not in the Big X Lottery Club. He seldomly comes around the Christmas parties. So anytime you do get to see him, I got to be sure to talk his ear off. Seldomly, I try think. never. Never. Never comes never. to the Christmas parties. He never comes to the Christmas parties. But I did kind of feel bad. I was like, I did see him, and I was like, oh man, there's some stuff I want to like, I want to chat about just with the radio station. And I, I, I don't think he was like, oh no. I don't want to have this conversation, but it did turn into like a longer conversation. So I did feel a little bit bad about that, uh, but it was good seeing him. It was good seeing him. Good hearing some of his Trevor stories. You know, he's got his own, he's got his own, he's been doing radio long enough with Trevor. Now he's got his own collection of Trevor stories. So that was really fun. Great. It to does see feel like if you, um, it's not AA, but similarly, if you've done radio with Trevor Kelsey, you know, you, we're, we're all in the same company. We're all it's like a fraternity. It's like a fraternity. Board. Yeah. Yeah. You got to just fraternity, but different chapters. Like, oh, so what, what, what happened? What's your experiences with Trevor? Oh, you won't believe it. He did this. He did that. No, nothing but good things. So uh, Friday night was great. Saturday night was great. And then went to, went to my mom's yesterday for family dinner, celebrating the wife's birthday. And uh, that was really, that was a good time as well. So all in all, great weekend. Uh, wish the Batcats had done a little bit better. We'll talk about that. We will obviously talk basketball because we're probably going to be doing that the rest of our lives, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but a big football weekend too, Roush. So I'll, I'll be excited to hear your insight and analysis there. I know uh, you were busy at the museum, but in the meantime, the Cats on the gridiron. Yeah. Doing yeah. some good things building some good relationships, even getting a commitment or two. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> it's just so, it's so funny how this always works out because uh, going into the weekend, I had three or four guys on commitment watch. Um, and so I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I try to be prepared, try to write some things in advance. And of course, uh, on Sunday that they're also having a camp in Lexington, so Luckett's at the camp. He's watching Tucker Caddis, Josh, Josh's little brother, who's a pretty badass offensive lineman. He's working out. Tim Couch's kid, Chase Couch, is working out up there. Uh, and so I'm kind of keeping my head on a swivel for things while he's um, up at camp. And he says, you know what? I got this. You're good. Going back to the bar to work right now. We should be fine. Um, it, no sooner is he, is he, he leaves the bar. Kid commits, and it's the one kid that I just I, I don't know much about. I didn't pre-write anything about. It's like, oh, oh, you know, this would be just my luck. And, and the, the the best part too, TJ, was that I even got I asked you know some of my people if there was if there was any announcements happening today, and I I, I got a coming soon, which that, that it makes you think that like you know it's it's they're going to be happening. Did not get names. And so, I, you know, next time I need to get the names because instead of it being uh, one of the the people I was prepared for, maybe a Covenant Catholic tight end, Willie Rodriguez, or maybe a, a Youngstown edge rusher, Brian Robinson, it was Antoine Smith, who he comes from an athletic family, uh, plays at Westlake in Atlanta, Georgia, which that's, that's a huge high school. That's one of the bigger high schools in Atlanta. Uh, he starts at edge for him. I think they're going to ultimately move him back to uh, linebacker, kind of in between. And he's also a track star. He's like sub-11 second times in 100 meter. Um, has some good 200 meter times. So really good athlete. His older brother played at Duke. Um, a nice get. The first out-of-state commitment for the Cats in this recruiting cycle. Um, 
but uh, I I was just kind of I was really hoping that we were going to get the the big guys, but I understand that you know they want to they want to make their have their big sort of announcement type deals, uh, and it, it just it just I don't want to say makes it nervous, but the door is open. The door is still left open for a couple of those guys. And uh, I, I was also disappointed too, TJ, that uh, they were a handful of them. I think it was Robinson, Rodriguez, and Bowley went to KS Bar. They were going to watch the baseball game up there. There was going to be a big crowd. It was going to be a rowdy atmosphere. That was going to do a good job of, you know, they were going to get their round of applause, right? Freaking Jay Johnson and LSU. Saboteurs. Sabotage. It was annoying. It was very annoying. No, we'll get to we'll we'll get to that. While we're on football, though, do you just want to finish it up? Yeah, that, 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 I, I don't I don't have much more other than okay. I'm expect like I, I don't think that was the last commitment uh, to come from visitors for this weekend, uh, and yeah, feel feel pretty good about what uh, Kentucky accomplished, but um, it, it's also one of those things where you're just like, okay, now. All right, I think I think it's going to happen. Let's just let's let it happen. Let's let it happen. Okay, good. Well, that that's exciting. Like we talked about last week, things are a little we're a little quiet with with UK football and their commitment list. And but this is the time it should start picking up, and it yep. sounds like it's doing just that. So it's good uh, to get good. one get started. It wasn't one of the big ones, but it's good to get one started. Um, and uh, also from Atlanta. Anwar Stewart and uh, Mike Stoops doing some heavy lifting, which we don't see often. So uh, a a nice solid get to kind of uh, get things moving in the right direction. All right. Uh, Love it. Well, let's take uh, an earlier break than we normally do. We'll come back. We'll get right into the Batcats, the weirdness of Saturday, the frustration of yesterday. And the season does, unfortunately, come to an end for Nick Mangione and UK baseball. Fun season at that, uh, but, but still falling short of the College World Series. So we'll come back. We'll discuss all the craziness that was happening with that Super Regional Series down in Baton Rouge. And this is Kentucky Roll Call. Dexter says, Nick Richards got his first career NBA start on Monday. 12 hours before, Trevor asked, what's he up to nowadays? Gosh. Still can't even admit how wrong he was in that discussion. He was definitely not looking for y'all to say that he was in the NBA. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I was <laughs> I was talking about that specific moment, that game, that yeah. one season. He was kind of, I was saying he could be as good. No. <laughs> Scramble mode. <laughs> A good blast from the past when, gosh, it's hard to even remember the U of L player's name, Malik. Malik Williams. Yeah, correct. They they had they had multiple Malik players that weren't good that Trevor thought was good. Yeah, that like, was. You had Malik Cunningham too. He wasn't good either, but that was a different sport. When, he had a different name too. When Richards left college, Trevor said that him and Malik Williams were 
equally as good. That may even be generous. He may have said Malik Williams was better than Nick Richards. Then sure enough, Nick Richards goes to the NBA. Malik Williams, I think, played an additional like six years of college basketball, each one probably worse than the last before eventually running out Chris Mack because they didn't see eye to eye. Oh, and man, that, that was, that was, the, that was, that the, was the funniest of, of them all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Head on over to Thornton's to get your day started off right, get your week started off right. Fresh fruit, delicious breakfast sandwiches, and each and every day you can get yourself a ginormous donut that is cooked and made fresh daily at Thornton's. They've got drinks. You can get 89 cents fountain drink. That's going to give you 32 ounces at Thornton's, which is a significant amount of ounces for that low of a price. Everything at Thornton's is made to be affordable, help you out, and get your day started off right. And the Refreshing Rewards members save money at the pump each and every day. All you got to do is punch in your number. It's super easy. And then you can see $0.03, cents, $0.05, cents, even $0.10 cents off a gallon at Thornton's. And we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. I did take it among myself to do the Thornton's text line, just finish it on Friday. Otherwise, we'd probably be into Wednesday still reading text from, from today. So I just figured it'd be good to get those out of the way, take care of that, and then we start fresh for a new week. So that's where we find ourselves today. If you sent it in Saturday or Sunday, we'll still get to those today. But if it if it came in before about 3 p.m. on Friday, uh, we we finished it on the text line. And then the video got taken down, which when I'm paying for Twitter, I don't expect that kind of stuff. So I don't know what happened there, but I really just honestly don't care so much either. Um, but it, but it, hopefully, but I think people that were a part of it had a good time. It was fun. The weather was beautiful. I was out on the back deck just reading the Thornton's text line. Um, so that was nice. So thanks, everybody, that texted in. Keep them coming today. And remember, if you text them in, we'll read them. Just sometimes it may be in a in a Twitter space at a random time. Uh, let's talk we, about um, Speaking of random times. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I was walking around the neighborhood with a box fan on my shoulder. I was like, huh, what's this notification I got from TJ? Join my space. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if this is going to work right now. Because <laughs> you had a, a box fan on your shoulder? Yeah, we uh, they were having a yard sale down the street, and uh, I saw a box fan out while I was running around the neighborhood, and uh, so decided to grab it. But Duke, you know, sometimes he just likes going, just likes going wherever, uh, I, I, you know, just follow him. Okay, you sure we don't want to go back to your house, play something? No, let's go this way. And so I just had a box fan on my shoulder, just walking around down the street. Huh. Something Scoots. else. Happy Friday. Suit says he would have joined the Twitter space, but he was passed out by the pool. I was. Confirmed. Man, that sounds so amazing. A Friday afternoon nap by a pool. It was great. <laughs> it was it was it was great. So good. Man. That's the big question right is, is did you fall asleep within two minutes of laying down? Uh actually it was probably under a minute. It was coming. It was quick. My, uh, I remember, so my mom and uh, stepdad were going to my nephew's baseball game that night. And I remember my mom going inside and she was like, oh, Dave's going to be home soon. And I, next thing I know is I just, I hear like, hey, hey, you sleeping? And I like looked up and I was like, I was, what's up? But yeah, it was quick. It was nice. What the hell's what the hell's Dave's problem? Can't <laughs> let a dude sleep. Well, so I hey. had I had texted him before he got home. So 
It was his choice. Mom said he could do whatever he wanted, so I just wanted to let him know. I was like, hey, I'm going to be here hanging out. If you'd rather do that than go to the game. Well, they had to go to the pool store before the game and pick up some sand, so he just wanted to let me know that he's got to go with her. And I was like, cool, you could have just left and not ever said anything, but that's fine. I'll fall back asleep. And I did. And under two minutes, again. That was the topic of conversation among people this weekend to me, Scoots, was everybody everybody is so intrigued by you and you are quite the character but nobody's buying that you can just snap your fingers say all right it's lights out and two minutes later you fall asleep i mean that's fine you all no nobody has to believe me this is between me and my bed and that's fine but fun fun little sidebar i was telling gil this weekend i was like hey when we get you on the radio, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Roush said it might be one of our like highest rated shows. And I was like, oh, and a big topic of conversation is going to be how fast I fall asleep because they don't think I could fall asleep in under two seconds. And he just scoffs. He goes, two, or two minutes. He was like, two minutes? Try 13 seconds. So there you have it. I had, I had a couple different people say, all right, then just let him fall asleep on air. Oh, I could easily. Scoots, in two minutes, we need you to be asleep, okay? Okay. How will I know about commercial break? Just set an alarm in like 10 <laughs> minutes. You want snoring proof and everything? I don't know if I'll snore. Maybe that was actually you that fell asleep during the, the old Jim Coyle show <laughs> in the morning. I was snoring on the air. That would be a much better story than the story I've got to tell from that day. <laughs> You're always the topic of conversation, Scoots, anytime anybody wants to talk about the radio, and that's a good thing. So that was hilarious. Uh, I'm sure as the week gets a little bit slower, we'll, or I bet a texture, we'll get back to that. That's not going away, I think, anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, Saturday, the baseball game, such a disaster. I was, if you didn't know, UK lost 14 to nothing. Um, the game was supposed to start at three o'clock. They pushed it back and eventually just said, no, we're, we're not going to do like the 30 minutes out, 30 minutes out, 30 minutes out. They eventually just said, we're going to just push it to eight o'clock and that's going to be the new start time. And we'll see everybody go back to your hotels and we'll see everybody then when it starts. Then the game starts. That LSU pitcher is the best collegiate pitcher I've ever seen in my entire life. He was an absolute freak. I've gotten to see him this season, but never saw him as good as he was against the Batcats on Saturday. And then after the game, I was anxious to see, is Nick Mingione just going to lay into the NCAA or into LSU about the delays? And it was clear what LSU was doing. They didn't want Skeens to go out there start pitching, and then a delay come, and then boom, he gets pulled because he threw two innings, and then there was an hour and a half lightning delay. His arm had stiffened up at that point, and you, you wasted him. They didn't want to waste their ace pitcher, and they wanted to make sure that if he started, that there wasn't going to be storms that were going to take him out of the game or delay the game or pause the game. So LSU, and I don't know how they got the NCAA to agree to this, they eventually just said, we're going to push it back way late. Like, we're going to do it where storms are completely and totally out of the forecast, and we're not going to have to worry about the, the game getting stopped and delayed and started and stopped and delayed and all that stuff. And they got away with it. Uh, there was, like, no lightning in a – it looked like a beautiful day. You'd get pictures yeah, and updates yeah. at the ballpark throughout the day, and people would just be like, this is insane. 
there's nothing going on here. Uh, you had weather people in Kentucky saying there's not lightning within a 55-mile radius, but yet you had people down at LSU saying there was lightning within a 10-mile radius. So somebody along the way was, like, lying or misinformed. And it just – it they LSU pulled one over on Kentucky and got away with it. And there's nothing really – Kentucky couldn't go out there and bat against nothing. It probably would have had the same results in terms of hit, getting hits and scoring runs. But – they had to just follow what LSU had told them, and so the game got delayed. I was curious to see, like I said, if Nick Minjone was going to lay into them or not, and he didn't. He took the high road, said all the mature things that I probably wouldn't say in a situation like that, and I was impressed by it, Roush, at first, and then I thought back to it, and I was like, well, his hands were probably tied to that 14-0 and beatdown. Like, you couldn't lose 14 yeah. to nothing yeah. and then come out and, you know, whine about the start time and stuff like that. Because while he was unstoppable and it was a little you, – you would have liked to not have to go against him if the rain was willing to cooperate and they had played the games. But that didn't – he wasn't the reason LSU put up 14 runs. He wasn't the reason that they were hitting a home run every time you looked up. Um, it was a beatdown. So I don't think Nick Mangione really had a choice to like whine about it or say anything about it. It just, you had to kind of just take that one on the chin. Um, and that's exactly how it unfolded on the, Saturday night. The The part that was most annoying though, was that it was, it was, it was all for like out of precaution. And then they kicked it down the road just for it to rain whenever they, had the planned start time, right? And there was a comment from Jay Johnson, their head coach, on Friday, who said, "Yeah, the NCAA rep and I, we're we're on the same page, and uh, we can't have what happened last week and happen again." So basically, he had the NCAA guy in his back pocket to do his bidding for him, and it's complete bullcrap. It's complete bullcrap um, because they should have been playing Saturday afternoon. They should have. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it was a dumb time to start the game just to begin with, like 2 o'clock locally in one of the hottest parts of the country. But the weather was fine then. That's when you decided that you were going to start it. That seems like at the time that you should have started it. But he, he was – that pit, that pitcher was absolutely nutty. Yeah. I, was, well, like, I then, hated that it was coming at UK's expense, but he was fun to watch. It also you, – you hated that they, they used Zach Lee in that moment too. Yeah, I didn't understand, I didn't understand that either. Because I remember very specifically having this conversation uh, the last time they played LSU, and they it was their first Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, and instead of pitching their normal Friday guy, they fed somebody else to the dogs, for the lack of a better term. And you know what? It kind of worked, right? They 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 used Lee the next day, and they won. They four, and then in game three, it was close, right there down to the wire, and that's what it felt like on Sunday. Right. Like it felt like it was the end of the wire. And the part that was frustrating, TJ, I, I was very upset when. So, you know, Kentucky, they, they get a home run first inning. Oh, cats are up. OK, let's go. Then they get two guys on and you think, oh, man, this would be great if you could get a nice two nothing, three nothing lead here. This would be beautiful. Um, instead, I think they end up striking out the side. Uh, and then. The, the meatball, the big, fat, juicy meatball they tossed out there to give up a three-run bomb. That was one of – I 
calling for a high fastball, high and outside, and then it just never got high, nor did it get outside. That that was just a layup for them to smash out of the park. And that, that guy that hit it too, that guy was a big meatball. He just, I mean, line drive over right field to go down four to one. And I was I was prepared to throw in the towel. The Batcats were not. They fought back, um, but ultimately, the timely hits just just weren't there. Um, I, although TJ, I thought I, I, I clipped in for the Cats. Um, it was uh, bedtime was a little frustrating, so I'm like, I got to get on the bicycle. I got to got to ride out some of this um, frustrating dad stuff. We're gonna put the Batcats on. I had my John Quincy Adams podcast rolling. Uh, that was a lot of, so I was, I was, it was, it was delighted and I was ready for the tide to turn. And when that ball went down the third base on, I thought it was fair. I thought, I thought it was fair. I thought two runs were scoring and the game was going to be tied there in the seventh inning, but it was the, the camera angles of it were the worst camera angles in the history of camera angles. But you did see in the corner of the, uh, of the one angle that it was foul by what? An inch and a half, maybe. It was as close to being fair as you could be without it actually being fair. So tough. So tough. Well, that's because it was, it, was, it was a fair ball. was a fair ball. No. You, you could, it, it didn't, hit the, didn't hit it. Yeah, but if it would have not been fair, you would have seen dirt or a little dust click pop up. None of that happened. Because it was a fair yeah, ball. But- well, but if it would have been fair, it, you, it would have hit the, yeah, it would have hit the cloud of dust. No, that was foul. There's no dust on the fair line. Yeah, because it, it went over the it went over the um, actual stripe, and it went foul. And foul where where did the ball where did the ball land in the dirt out there where the pitchers were throwing, or did it hit in the grass? There's grass. There was still grass on the other side of that, correct? No. No, it was dirt. And no I didn't dirt go back out. and rewind. I haven't seen any replay. From what I saw, it looked foul in the one clip. Well, that you they just said you didn't done. watch any replays. I did, so you're well, wrong. Where's the replay? Where's the replay? Send it to me. I'd love to see it and be proven. The replay was on the TV 15 different times. No, they 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 showed it like twice. Um, is it on Twitter anywhere? Is it online? No, it was on the replay of the broadcast. Several times. Fair ball. Uh, if they call that fair in real time, they're definitely not overturning it. Um, they call See, it foul. Part, they should call all of these fair in real time and then replay review. Like, if you have replay review, why don't you use it? Because you can't overturn a foul ball call. You can overturn a fair ball call. They can overturn. It would have just been a, a ground rule. They would have just called it a double. Really? Is that? That's why they reviewed it. Like, what do you think they're reviewing? Just for poops and gigs? Just to, like, I don't see? I just... remember them reviewing it. Um <laughs> it, it, it was as close as it could be but if it had been foul like i it would it, it means it would have hit dirt and there was no indication it hit any dirt because nothing kicked up um it was close though and, and maybe it was it wasn't one of the angles the uk pitcher that's warming up calling it fair is just standing totally in the way so you don't get to see where it lands from that angle and then the other angles were just kind of too far away to see exactly from a depth perception standpoint, where it hit or where it didn't hit, but nothing kicked up. Um, that just like that, and so many other things on Sunday last night just made it seem like, gosh, it, it luck is not in UK's favor. It makes you wonder, yeah, just like yeah. this isn't meant to be. 
uh, for so many different reasons. But then on the flip side, you had just some insane defensive plays by UK baseball to keep them in it, keep them within striking distance. And then it was 3-5, I think pretty much every inning after that, UK until, of course, LSU scored into the ninth. But uh, every other inning, UK had at least the tying run up at the plate, which just kind of like that game, even the uh, – Yesterday's game felt similar to the Saturday game during the regular season in Baton Rouge, where it was like, I think Kentucky is playing better than LSU, but the score is not indicating it, uh, and that's frustrating. I do. I think Kentucky played just as well, if not better, than LSU yesterday. It's just all the breaks went to LSU. All of Kentucky's homers were solo shots. It's like, no, why can't yeah, one of these right. happen when you got a few people on the bases? And then even still, in the sixth and the seventh and the eighth inning, especially in the eighth inning, UK's threatening and you're, you're feeling like all the momentum's with LSU, but then you had to remind yourself that like UK can tie it up with one swing of the bat here. And then you have the foul ball thing that would have had a decent chance to tie the game up potentially. Um, so that, that would have, yeah, if, I, if, I was fist pumping. And I just assumed that the guy on second was already home like that easily would have scored two runs and you'd have a double with a man on second with mm-hmm. two outs. You could have scored some more. Easy. On top and, of and, then yeah. even, and then even still, it's like, all right, they call the ball foul fair. Whatever they had called on the field was probably going to stand because you just didn't have the, the best angles to prove it one way or another. And then they call a bogus strike three call at the dude's knees and inside. Oh, God. That and was instead, so Roush, you could have had the bases juiced with two outs, would have put a lot of pressure on LSU there. And again, maybe one swing of the bat, you're not talking about just tying. You're talking about taking a two-run lead at that point, potentially. Um, but then, unfortunately, I thought Nick Mangione didn't handle the pitching situation the best way in the ninth inning. I didn't really get what the logic was there. Uh, and then LSU adds more than just a couple insurance runs there to really kind of put the game out of reach at that point. But it was just woulda, coulda, shoulda there for the longest time for the Batcats. And I was, I just kept thinking to myself, like, LSU is – Kentucky's outclassed from a talent standpoint in this series. That was pretty yeah. – that was pretty evident on – excuse me, on Saturday – just like, oh, man, LSU, these guys, these are a bunch of future pros where UK baseball will have a few, I'm sure, but not quite to the degree that LSU does. But I was just thinking to myself, all right, who cares about the talent? Just find a way to steal this game, and then, hell, go into Monday, and you never know what can happen in that sort of game. And I do feel like the Batcats were close to doing that, but close, no cigar, season comes to an end. A much more fun season than any of us were anticipating. That's you do. You have seasons like this, and again, Kentucky Proud Park is going to be packed. You're going to get a lot more people, casual fans, just following along throughout the baseball season. I still like Nick Mangione's obviously earned another year, rightfully so. Probably has earned probably two more years, or maybe even more than that, in Mitch Barnhart's book. Uh, but we need more of this. We need more seasons like this. And Roush, not like you. you we need to eventually get to Omaha as the SEC's only team not to go to Omaha for the College World Series. That's got to change. That's a bad piece of history with UK baseball, and that that needs to change sooner rather than later. So this was an unexpectedly fun season, but there's still higher higher goals to accomplish in this baseball program, and I hope Nick Mangione's up to the challenge to do that. I I, I appreciated that Kentucky, despite. I, I, there really isn't no other way to put it. They they were outclassed, but they kept fighting. Um, that that LSU team. I know baseball's weird. I can't imagine. I, 
uh, they look like the best team in the country. That was a very tall task you were going to ask of them. But when you saw that, that, that catch from Nolan McCarthy in the eighth inning where he's, he's saving, I mean, at least one run, maybe more from crossing the plate by diving uh, to make that grab and move on. I mean, they, they showed a lot of fight. They really endeared themselves to the Big Blue Nation. They faced elimination uh, multiple times at home and were able to persevere last week in the Lexington Regional, um, just the second team to ever reach the Supers. Um, Kentucky fans, it's you know not to play what was me, but not a lot to be excited about in our sports fandom over the last year. Um, with the early exit in basketball, disappointing football season that didn't reach expectations. So to have this baseball team surprise us and and show a lot of heart out there on the diamond, I, I think was uh, wonderful. And uh, just hope that this can become more of a regular occurrence, as you said, TJ, because um, college baseball is a lot of fun. And I'd like to know more uh, about about my team when they're – going up against one of the best teams in college baseball for a chance to go to the World Series. So would love to see that change in the near future, but really, really uh, grateful. We got a fun couple weekends watching the Batcats uh, in the postseason. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, we would have loved just a, a little bit more time to talk about the Batcats and talk Omaha. That would have been awesome. But uh, even hosting a regional, that was fun getting to preview that. Obviously, the Super Regional didn't go the way that, that we wanted it to go, but uh, a fun season, something hopefully to build off of. UK baseball's really been creative with the transfer portal. And I think before the season, creative would be the right word. But now I think you can use the word good and successful using the transfer portal. And you hope that a season that's going to finish with you being ranked in the top 25. And uh, again, you, you were two wins away from Omaha. Hopefully it's going to give you a little bit of a bigger pool more people are going to say, all right, well, this is a program that's not taking on water anymore. They've, they've righted the ship, and this is – I, I want to join it. I want to, I want to be a part of it. Because it seems like if Nick Mangione gets his guy, if he finds the right person to come within the program and buy into the things that he wants to buy in, they're going to get better. They're going to develop. And I think that hopefully after this season, you can – the talent pool will, will upgrade a little bit in that regard. So – uh, fun season. Still, still need to get back uh, to a super regional. Find a way to win a super regional game because that hasn't happened in the Nick Mingione era. Uh, but that being said, going to super regionals is not something that happened before the Nick Mingione era. So, win some super regional games. Eventually, get to Omaha. Be able to say that every SEC team's been, and I'll be a, a happy, happy Batcats fan. But it was a fun season, and they'll get back at it in February, folks. Jeez. Whew. Yeah, no, it'll be a little, uh, fall. It'll be a little do, fall ball. They do, uh, they do summer too, not as individuals. You know, those guys will go to a New England league or something like that, and they'll play baseball. Year-round sport never stops. Um, we I really, really need to just get back on the right track and have Tennessee lose tonight. They were they're down at Southern Miss. They lost game one, battled back in game two. Just don't, Tennessee, suck it. Go lose. Go lose. That was a chippy game. I watched a little bit of it yesterday. It's been really chippy between Tennessee and Southern Miss and just some of uh, the 
some of the celebrations after big plays, the back and forth, the chirping between pitchers and batters in that series. It's it's been fun to watch, but yes, I'm I'm right there with you. What was the final Take of that? Business, Golden Eagles. What was the final of that Alabama Wake Forest game yesterday? Last I looked, it was twenty two to five. That was the final. <laughs> was it? Okay. I mean, that's a I was just happy the Batcats didn't have the worst defeat of the Super Regional weekend. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you, Alabama. Yeah, and it was late at night when it went final, so not many people were paying attention. The so, not, way to have that, Kentucky. Yeah, you're, that's that's spot on. It was well. The after, one, I think the, it was twelve forty-five or something when the game was finally the, over. The one positive from delaying that game all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was great hey, deck watching uh, weather though Saturday night being able to watch that one. Did uh, yeah, we we were kind of doing the I, I had some folks over was Saturday no Friday night was NBA finals. I had some people over watching the basketball game and we would kind of go to the porch during uh halftime or whatever. That was pretty boring though. The heat. Oh man. It just I no wife. No wife. They're done, dead. Nuggets are just that much better. Yes. Ha- oh, happy no. I, I did call that the game three, I think, told you everything you needed to to see in that one. But they'll close it out tonight. I can't. I, I don't even know what the spread is. I, I don't I don't know about the spread, but the money line is free money, whatever that is. The Nuggets are not losing tonight. Uh, yeah, especially because th- this one goes back home, correct? We've, we've had this conversation. I think. Yeah. 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 They're, they're to, in the, yeah. Close it out at home. Um, they've only lost one postseason game at home all year, and that was their last one. Uh, and they had something I, I forgot what their their run is, but that that loss in game two was just their second in a month or something like that. I mean, they're just they're on an absolute tear right now. So uh, yeah, Nugs in five. Um, you're being a, a scoots, aren't you glad I tipped you off on that that future bet? Yeah. Oh yeah. One one thing I should have done too, I, I I let some people know, but I'm a little superstitious about sharing horse bets. Um, had my be- I won a lot of money back on uh, my spring meat losses because I did a I had a fifteen dollar double on Caravel and the Jiper and Cody's Wish, and they both romped. Cody's Wish, dude, that horse is amazing it's oh my god it's unbelievable that's one of those horses and i got killed on saturday for what it's worth absolutely killed on my twin spires that cody wishes horse every single time i've seen it race i'm it's like three to five and i'm like i'm not betting on that horse everybody's betting on that horse and now i know why because every freaking time it wins and my horse has come nowhere close to winning freaking <laughs> cody's amazing. wish such a great it's story it's a great story but man it frustrates me horse I also didn't have a great horse racing gambling weekend, although that's just pretty much the norm at this point. Cody's wish really helped like soften the blow, give me more play money for the, some of the, the later races. It just, first off, it's like you can't put enough money on that horse just to win. And so you're automatically getting like a decent payout there. And then it's just almost like a free bet for your other exotics where you can just key him in as the winning spot. And then you can, just do whatever you want for second, third, and mix and match, and you'll probably find a way to be able to hit an exacta or try, uh, which I was able to do there. I did not hit the try in the Belmont, though, unfortunately. Oh, no, we lost that. Yeah, that's – Would have been fun. No. Would have been a 
<clears throat> triple crown trifecta, but Arcangelo, and that that's what's tough about the Belmont too, is because um, you're so locked in on the Derby Trail and everything that you know those horses pretty well, and then a late bloomer can just surprise you. And Arcangelo did just that. Javier Castellano too, great ride. And what's crazy about Belmont, just that that track is so big that watching them come around the curb uh, in that final turn, it's so wide that you feel like you're not going to see much traffic there, but you can make up so much ground on the rail. That's where Castellano had it perfectly positioned. And shout out to, I, I thought Tappet Trice, uh, I, that's who I ended up. I didn't, I, 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 I won a lot of money doing that double using Cody's wish as a connector with Caravel, but I I, I did not want to spend a lot of money trying to win big on the Belmont because I'm just like, ah, this can be tough. And uh, uh, so I, I went light on Tappet Trice, and I thought he was done. He fought really hard there. And him and Forte, they almost caught him. But Arcangelo just ha- had enough to kind of uh, glide out to a win there. And that was – it was cool seeing the trainer, Jenna Antonucci, just lose her mind. Like, that's exactly what I would have done if I had a connection to a winner in the triple crown race. <laughs> First female trainer to win the Belmont stakes. Very cool. If you don't have seat at the table, build a new one, which that was a very cool quote to Tom Rinaldi afterwards. And uh, I enjoyed Tom Rinaldi on the broadcast. I enjoyed the bear on the broadcast, but my God, Fox, I, I even like, I, I have friendly rivalries. I feel like with the Fox crew, that does the Naira race coverage for them on America's Day at the races. They have rights to Churchill Downs and all the Naira races. And I just, I, I, they're Naira virus, especially from Andy Serling. It drives me nuts. But they're so much better than the people they had out there. Like Lafitte Pinquet is great. Why are you bringing in Kurt Menefee? And Mike Smith, he hasn't done much TV. You could tell. It was just, I, I, I don't understand. They spend all this money to broadcast naira racing all year round and then they finally get the biggest naira race of the year and then they just don't bring their talent with them they bring a bunch of people who don't know horse racing i love kurt menifee's like yeah brad cox really known for his turf horses like no he's not he's known for his fillies he just had a filly beat the boys in the jiper like that's he, he just he didn't know the language and it was very it was very frustrating it was very awkward it was a they really dropped the ball and they did such a good job doing the travers Last year, for the first time, they got those big races. They used their regular crew. Have Lafitte Pinquet do it. I don't. I do not know why Fox did what they did on their race day coverage of the Belmont Stakes. I thought the coverage was all right. I wasn't really listening to their analysis. Uh, the Bear was just doing the most expensive exacta bets, and uh, all of them lost that I was paying attention to. That was uh, that was kind of funny. He was, oh, which I enjoy that too, because it's like you know we're all losers to an extent. Doing, but he he goes crazy with them. He's doing twenty dollar exacta bets, like putting two in the in the winner, like in the first spot, and then having like eight or six in the one in the second place spot. Yeah, I was like, yeah. all right, well, certainly you're just you're just guaranteeing a win here, and you're just trying to make sure it's gonna pay. You're just you're crossing your fingers, hoping that it's, yeah. you're gonna win your money back on the bet. But no, then he'd just go find a way to lose the bet somehow, uh, which is wild. <laughs> I would have gotten the try if not for the winner. Uh, the, the winner yeah, is the only yeah. one I didn't have out of the four. But a Forte, Tapatrice, Hit Show, and Angel of Empire. Um, I was I was with, but supposedly you do need to to get the winner right to hit trifectas. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Winner. Just, I'm, I'm just glad it wasn't Baffert. He did have a winner with Arabian Lion. That that horse has been a late bloomer as well. It turns out he's horse. pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, he won the Lexington at Keeneland last time out. Uh, but the the Na- National Treasure, when it was on the lead, I was like, gosh, if this horse just wires the wire again, I'm, I'm going to lose it. I cannot, I cannot have this happen again. Let's end our one there. Let's come back. We'll need to talk basketball. It's fun for everybody. Everybody agrees with it, and nobody's going to argue or be mean to each other. It's going to be really, really great. Uh, no, but and then we need to get to the Thornton's text line as well. You had like a national media feud regarding Calipari last night on the old Twitter. <laughs> that was great. Which uh, that was great. We'll definitely be bringing that up. And whatever you have got, like I mentioned, on the Thornton's text line, text on in 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big X. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Point Walt FM. 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Hope your week is off to a great start, and hope this week goes as quickly as last week did for those that don't like working throughout the week, like pretty much everybody else. Uh, An easy way to break up the week is by getting out there and hitting the links with your 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. As Scoot said last week, we are critically low. In terms of supply, Father's Day always will will be a big seller with these golf cards. This year, no different. We had a uh, somebody reached out and direct messaged me yesterday and said that they were getting the Big X Sports Radio golf card. That's great. Good to hear. You're probably one of the ones getting one of the last remaining. And he, I think he's getting it for his dad, if I'm not mistaken. Going to be able to play at Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana, and Park Mammoth, one of the nicest courses in all of Kentucky. You will be playing all those courses for under $25 a round, cart included, and under $25 a round at some of these places is an incredible deal. It's a good deal at all the places, but uh, especially if you're getting to play one of the nicest courses in Kentucky and Park Mammoth, and we'll be at Park Mammoth in just nine days. Uh, Not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday. We'll be down there. We're going to play. Get your tee times. Uh, we're going to be teeing off around 8.15 local time. And so, again, it's central time zone down there. We're going to do the radio show. Then we're going to play some golf. I've been seeing people post pictures of Park Mammoth ever really since. Uh, you had Rand Paul tweet about them last week. Course looks absolutely immaculate. I cannot wait to go out there and play. And we'd love to see you out there, especially if you've got the big Exports Radio golf card. That'd be a good time to go get that bad boy punched. In nine days, we'll be down there playing some playing some golf. You can go to bigexportsradio.com to get your golf card today or call 
57. And by the way, TJ, you said critically low. By my count, there are only three left. So get on it. Get on it in a hurry. Three left? Wow. That's wild. Yeah, those are those are gonna be those are gonna be gone by hump day for sure, if not by probably the end of today. Uh, always a always a possibility they run out by the end of this show, possibly. So if you're if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about getting that as a gift for Father's Day, you're gonna want to solidify it. Jump on it. And Roush looks like the cats are gonna get a basketball commitment here soon enough. Classic KRC curse. Mm-hmm. Um Jordan Burks is announcing at 9 a.m. And when I saw that news, it made me very angry because he's just announcing the same way he was going to announce last Wednesday. So I don't really know what the holdup was. We we don't we don't know what the holdup is. We we thought that there was a possibility by the time we did the show this morning that UK could have several new commitments, but zero new commitments as where it currently stands right now. Uh, not really sure. Uh, Joey Hart, we haven't heard anything with him. Then Sumto Sirel, I, he's. It seems like he's just like a part of the team at this point, but still no official <laughs> word. Like he was at like the basketball camps. He, yeah. he was like helping do stuff at the basketball camps. On yeah, an official he got a business. crystal ball from Branham, but and, that, and that's the thing is, I was like, well, maybe he's waiting for Monday and he'll do something with Sumto Sirel, and that just doesn't appear to be the case. Yeah, that's so, what I'm I, talking about. So is Sumto? Well, well, but the the, you know what I mean that yes. Burks was going to delay to do something with Cyrell, but instead he's doing his commitment the same way he was going to do it a week ago. Yeah. So I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. It, it, it's strange. Um, but it, it does still seem like it's going to be good news and all those fronts for UK. Although the heart, I haven't, haven't heard an update there just one way or another, but some Cyrell, Cyrell Burks, it sounds like they're going to be cats. Burks is committing right when we get off the air, classic KRC curse, nine o'clock. I was able to watch more tape on all these guys over the weekend just to get a better idea of what to be expecting or not to be expecting. Burks is going to be a player for UK this year. Um, like he's going to he's going to get serious minutes and he's going to get an opportunity I think to show his his ability to score. Uh, his shot is not the prettiest thing I've ever seen. I don't think you're probably going to be seeing him be one of UK's better three point shooters. But he's going to be a fun piece. He's kind of slippery in terms of how he can score, uses his length to his advantage, uh, and he's crafty, just using all the buzzwords to describe a score. But it is true. It does apply to him. He's going to be a player for UK. Uh, hopefully not one of UK's better players. If that's the case, then not going to be a very good season, I don't think. But as like a role guy, he's going to benefit if defenses are more locked in on some other guys. If, he, if he's an afterthought, he's going to make some teams pay. Uh, and he's a player that I think at other places, because it doesn't always happen at UK, although it does more than people want to give it credit for, this would be somebody that I think like as a sophomore could be all-conference anywhere if, if he were to stick around that long. Uh, junior year, you know, he could be one of the better scorers in, in college basketball. I really do, really do feel that. Um, again, just going off tapes. Other people have seen this guy a lot more than I have. But it'll be a nice piece to add, I, I, I think. This late in the game, I know you know, he was committed to Ole Miss and people are going to look at his offer sheet and, and, and not be blown away. But he, he is a, he's a nice player. And then in regards to Sumto Sirel, still expecting can I, what Can I add something about Burks real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. The, the one thing that I don't – and this I, – I, I, I hate uh, feeling like a broken record when it comes to this. 
But a lot of it does come down to fit, and I just, I mean, DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham, it, it, it's, it's the Jeff Goodman tweet. They're both good with the ball in their hands. I feel like Burks is the same kind of player, where he's a good scorer with the ball in his hands driving, and I just don't, it feels it feels like we're doing the Memphis thing in 2008, where it's like they this team's going to have a ton of ball handlers that get to the rim, but how many of them will actually stretch the defense out because of their shooting ability? No, it, it's totally fair. Shooting's going to be unless something changes, your shooters may be Joey Hart um, and Reed Shepard, and then whatever you kind of like. Justin Edwards can knock down threes. DJ Wagner can knock down threes and Dillingham can knock down threes. It's just to, and Bradshaw can even step out and knock down threes. It's just, are you there? They're all those guys can also miss threes and be shrieky and be cold. And we we've seen just even veterans have some like severe slumps in college basketball, but especially you get that from younger guys. And so shooting will be a concern. Uh, I, I think what you said is pretty spot on. It's going to be a lot of, Dribble handoff, dribble drive, just try to get downhill, get inside a defense. The difference with this team than some of the previous Calipari teams is alley oops are going to be back in fashion. Once Ooh, a guy does man. get inside, I miss they, those. Once a guy gets inside, you're going to be able to throw it up to pretty much almost anybody, and they're going to be able to maybe throw it down for an alley oop. Dillingham, he can slam. I just don't know if he'll be on the receiving end of a lot of alley-oops. But especially the big guys, they're going to be able to throw it down. Justin Edwards is going to be able to throw it down. That'll be fun. But you're right. I mean, people are going to have concerns about – people are going to have a lot of concerns about a lot of things with this U.K. basketball team. But shooting is going to be a big one that I think, like, you you can – any of the other concerns, you're going to be able to say, well, they're super talented. They're, they're, is the defense going to be good? Well, I'm not sure, but they're super talented. Is You know, how are, how are they going to – how are they going to gel as a team? No clue, but it's a lot of talent. Hopefully they're going to be able to figure it out. Shooting's not one that I think you can really just rationalize with, well, they're really talented. I guess maybe you can. Like, again, you do have people that can knock down outside shots. I just, with assuming Antonio Reeves leaves, I'm not sure if you have a 40% three-point shooter outside of maybe Shepard, and we all were under the assumption Shepard wasn't going to get a ton of minutes in year one, but he's probably going to get more than we were thinking. I don't necessarily think that's a terrible thing, because I think very highly of him as a basketball player. But it, but shooting's going to be a concern, I think. But Calipari's never really given a snot about shooting for the most part. If he feels like he's got the athleticism, he will always prioritize athleticism over shooting. And he kind of zigged with that the last few seasons, where he was like, all right, that's fine. Let's get some more experienced players in here. No, they're not freak NBA athletes, but they are really proven college players, especially outside college shooters. And he had some mixed results. Like you had some that's part of the that's part of the thing with this stretch right now is that like it has not been up to UK basketball standards, but that Kellen Grady team, they were a win away in the SEC tournament from being a one seed. And, you know, they, they were as trendy of a national title pick in March as anybody. And that's why it was even extra shocking when they lost to St. Peter's in overtime in that game. So, like, he has had some success. It's not like it's just been a complete bust with getting veteran and experienced players. Um, but it also hasn't been winning at the highest level that he was doing earlier in his career. And when he was doing that, he was building it with teams that had some good shooters but their identity was more just being athletic and going and attacking the rim 
and teams would jam-pack things inside. It would be frustrating, but still, Kentucky would find ways to win. So hopefully Calipari, even with some question marks surrounding the shooting, will be able to just find different ways to win. And Roush, I think that's where a big divide in the fan base sits, and obviously a big divide with media and even national media, is will he be able to win with this group? Uh, a lot of people think the answer is no. Jeff Goodman definitely doesn't think that they're going to be able to win. Um, he's kind of some of the most like frantic UK fans that think that the program's in shambles. Jeff Goodman's got your all's back. He is one of you all. He also <laughs> thinks the program is in total and complete disarray where things right now, where things stand right now. But Roush, fear not if you're not one of the doom and gloomers. Seth Greenberg says everything's fine. Calipari mm. is going to find ways to figure things out. Uh, this is like Mr. Heat Miser and the the, <laughs> the opposite great... the opposite end of the spectrum here. Oh man! Um, but both kind of doing the same dance if you think about it. Man, it, it it's it is funny, and I just the the Greenberg situation too. That that seemingly came out of left field, and so I just wonder how that all transpired how he got to that point to just decide he's going to go to war for John Calipari on Sunday. But we all know that him and Cal are pals, right? Like whenever ESPN needs a sit down interview, Greenberg's uh, the one to do it. <laughs> whenever uh, he's got fantasy camp, Greenberg's coming into town. Like we all know the angle he's going to take. My favorite tweet of them all though, TJ was the one where he said that, um, seven you only need eight players to win a title anyway so it doesn't matter and it's like well yeah but remember all the times that Kentucky had one of their significant tr contributors get hurt in a crucial moment over the last I don't know two three years um so maybe maybe more players would have helped I don't know just a thought and just a yeah, thought. sure and on the on the flip side, the, the UK national title team was really seven deep, maybe eight, but really it was seven deep. Um, you can be great. Like some of Cal's best teams usually have smaller rotations. Of course, his 40, his near 40 and 0 team was not a short rotation, but um, you can, if you've got the, like you can win a million different ways in basketball. We have so much evidence and we have such a large sample size of that. You can win young, you can win old. You can win by being elite defensively. You can win by not being the best outside shooting team. There is this myth that you have to like be a dominant three-point shooting team right, to win in college right. basketball. Well, San like Diego State was in the national championship this year, playing defense and making mid-range shots. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, there's a million different ways you can win. Um, I almost just like took Seth Greenberg's tweets as like, oh man. Like this is Calipari talking to us through his friend and just right. use this platform to use it. Here's what Seth Greenberg had to say. I get a kick out of local media taking shots at Calipari. The guy has the number one recruiting class in the country, and it seems like they have an agenda and want him to fail. I've known the guy for 40 years. That's not going to happen. Kentucky basketball will be just fine. No collective, real nil. For all the Kentucky fans, <laughs> you might want to go back and actually see when they play poorly what I've said. Never an agenda. They play poorly, I say it, and why? See, when you don't have an agenda like others, it's easy. COVID year, Kentucky had no shot, no team building, <laughs> no extra individual practices, learning how to compete, same thing as Duke that year. Impossible program that year they relied on freshmen. 
the loss to the year after brutal, just a fact. Um, and then he said, what you said, believe me, they won't have seven players for what it's worth. You need eight contributing guys and a few developing guys. Um, is what and he responded that was a response tweet there talking about uh, the lack of players but there there was his overall thought if you the, didn't see what seth greenberg had to say about the current state of uk basketball very very uh ironic for seth greenberg to say that he doesn't have an agenda uh, when that's certainly a message coming from his pal, pal cal the other thing that i enjoyed too was that um apparently if you get the number one recruiting class you're immune from criticism and that you can't be like you're just good. Like that's which you know that's that's kind of the norm here, right? And you know what? Even with number 1 recruiting class, now I, I, I if they were one or two over the last 5 years, whatever it might be, like that that doesn't just guarantee postseason success, which Kentucky has not had that much as of late. So like I just you can still have valid criticisms while having the number one recruiting class in the country because that guarantees nothing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, nothing in the offseason in any sport guarantees anything exactly for the actual season at all. But, no, you're totally – you're right. Having this good recruiting class doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean UK is going to be great. And I think on the flip side, though, it also doesn't mean that UK is solidified to stinking. Like, if this is the group that Cal's rolling with, then we got to see it play out. People can be frustrated or they can be mad or they can be certain that it's going to be a disaster, but you could also be totally wrong. Um, we need to look no further than just the UK baseball team. We, we thought going into this season, again, you know, apples and oranges comparison, but going into the season, we just didn't think the talent was going to be good enough. Uh, we knew how tough the schedule was going to be, and you just didn't think it was going to be a collection of players that were going to be able to work it out. And they proved pretty much everybody wrong. And I don't know if there was anybody that was predicting UK baseball was going to go to a super regional. It matters much more just how all the pieces fit and how much they 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 connect and they gel and do they play well off one another. Um, where are their mindsets in terms of team goals versus individuals and stuff like that? All that matters much more into team building. All we know is that UK is going to have a ton of talented pieces. Will it be enough to – will it be the right fit is going to be the big question. Will it have enough shooting? Will they be very important? Will they be good defensively? A lot of athletes, but will they take that that's end of the court? Will they take that possession seriously? I, those are all things we don't know. Luckily, we're going to get to see these guys in Canada. We'll maybe get a better idea about it. Um, but we just don't know. Seth Greenberg doesn't know. We don't know. Nobody really knows. But it is a ton of talent. But Cal messed up this offseason. Like, you can – all these things can be yeah. true, and it doesn't necessarily have to make you a hater. Um, right. But like have, like, some sort of agenda. But it, Arthur Coloma goes to Creighton two days after he says he's going to visit Kentucky. That's just weird. Well, like, no, Cal's, just, Creighton, Cal's just failed this offseason. And, and – Again, doesn't mean the season's going to be a complete and total disaster, but where the failure comes in, it's twofold for me. One, they just weren't able to convince people to come play with these freshmen. And I get that that could be a hard sell. I get why that could be a little challenging for this coaching staff. Here's all these star freshmen expected to go to the NBA, expected, and you're not going to the NBA unless you get playing time, maybe unless you're starting. They're all expecting that. I, I get that. But they just – they weren't able to convince anybody. 
not even players on their own roster, people that like you've built relationships over the years in some instances, they weren't even able to convince them that like, no, you're, you're, you're going to get minutes. I don't know if they just didn't want to flat out lie to them or if other influences just spoke louder than they did. Whatever it was, they they failed. Bringing players in to play with these freshmen, they failed to accomplish that. Bringing veteran players, I should say, because they're going to get some other freshmen to come in and play with the freshmen. But they weren't able to get that. And that and that's different in the Calipari era. It's never This has never happened. Now, this specific example, I mean, every year is different, so you've probably never had a, a sample quite like this, but they just weren't able to do it. And then secondly, that's weird in its own right. And the reason I never thought that it would happen is because I thought UK's nil situation would just be good enough to be able to say, you know what, I don't care what Kansas State's telling you. I don't care what they're saying. You know what, you may come in here, and if you're not good enough, you're not going to play. Like that's just, We're going to put it bluntly to you. If these freshmen are better than you, we're not going to play you just for funsies and pat you on the butt and say, well, gee golly, you gave us a chance, so it's your last year, and we're going to be a worse team and put you in the game. I just thought UK would be able to say, that's a possibility that you're going to come here and get played over by these freshmen if you're not up to snuff. But you're going to be compensated so well. Why, you know, you're going to be on the bench making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wouldn't you? Like, I thought the money would just make it too tough for people to say no. And obviously, that's not the case, Roush. Obviously, UK isn't swinging around the big bag, if you will, to be able to convince people. Maybe you'll play, maybe you won't. You got to bet on yourself in this instance, but in the meantime, you're going to be counting money whether you're playing or not playing. And I thought that in the nil era, that was going to be like the basement for UK is that, yeah, maybe, you know, you're always going to, in the Calipari era, you're always going to have some weird roster turnover, but nil is just going to be your home base that everybody's going to want to get paid. And none of these transfers, None of these veteran players, none of these experienced players that hit the portal, the money's not a deciding factor, obviously, because UK's not able to get any of them. They're not able to get any of them. So it's weird that UK wasn't able just to convince them off the get-go that, like, hey, come join us. Well, I've got concerns about playing time in these freshmen. And I guess UK did not have a solid answer enough to, to ease those concerns. Then, secondly, I thought, all right, well, even if you couldn't ease those concerns, money talks. So UK is going to have as much of it as just about anybody. Certainly, they're just going to be able to outbid for players. Didn't happen. Those two things didn't happen, and that's why UK is in the situation and the position that they're in this season. Everything could be fine. This group, again, and just like you got to – people that are even like the – that are totally convinced that it's not going to work. If Justin Edwards and Bradshaw and Wagner – are lottery picks. This is going to be a really, really good team. It'll be a really good team. I promise you. It may not. It may not be a one or two seed. Maybe it will. It may not be a one or two seed, but it'll be fun to watch, and it'll be a team in March that will be able to do a lot of damage if that happens. There's no guarantee that that's the case. There's no guarantee that they will be lottery picks. It's no guarantee that there's a lottery pick even on this team. I, I think I'm pretty sure there will be, but like. Things are still in the balance, Roush, is what I'm trying to – it's been a failure of an offseason. Doesn't mean it's going to be a failure of a season. Does that make sense? Uh, if you want – yeah, yeah, no, no. And it's the same thing with all of this criticism right now. Multiple things can be true at the same time. And I think the one – I don't know if worry is the right word. The, 
But to, to kind of go back to why the transfer portal failings are happen, happening is what, what was the line Greenberg had about like real nil or something? That 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 part part's a little weird. It worries me. Um, because yeah, is, it, is that it, is that going to be enough? It, it, it's not. I mean, it's just not. Like again, at default, and let's just jump ahead here in the text line briefly. Kirby, what's up, Kirby? Always great to hear from you. He says, "Was watching one not done yesterday." Cal has been telling people you have to earn it, and nothing promised his whole career. Hard to imagine that's changed. It doesn't seem like mid-level transfers looking for guarantees would like that play. And that's supposedly what Arthur Kaluma had. Kansas State guaranteed him a starting spot, X amount of minutes. Boom, that's all I needed to hear. I'm ready to rock and roll. It's not Cal's MO to do that stuff. Again, I wish he'd be a little bit more flexible on hush-hush playing the game behind closed doors. I think he probably does a little bit more than those quotes and those shows and his quotes and interviews would seem to lead on. But it brings me back to point number two. like Whether or not you're getting the playing time guarantee that you want to hear, and I get it. Like if these guys only getting one year of college basketball left, don't want to do it sitting on the bench. I just figured, hey, you're going to get a fair shake. Come here, compete, and see how it works out for you. But if it doesn't, I still just figured the nil would be so good. And you're right. That little caveat came directly from Cal Roush via Seth Greenberg. No collective real nil. Well, I'd love to hear their definition of real nil. Because we're ended up with nil this offseason. Nothing. Zilch. Hey, I see what you did there. That's pretty good. So, again, I'm not in, like, complete panic mode. Everybody needs to cry and whine and everything's going to be terrible. Calipari needs to pack his bags tomorrow. But this offseason, UK messed up or didn't go as planned. There's no debating that. It could still be a really fun team. That's where I'm so it'll at. Be really fun. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at. Uh, but it, like, it, but if it's not, that that's why I've just never taken these off seasons for granted, Roush. And luckily, we have a large enough sample size of doing KRCs during summer times, where like there has been panic. Losing to St. Peter's didn't make for the most fun following off season, and understandably so. But like when you had that excitement that UK was going to be a top ten team going into the following season, whether it came to fruition or not, that isn't nothing like having summers being excited and talking about the pieces and the fits. Those were fun. We didn't, haven't gotten that this summer just because it's been miss after miss after miss after miss. So I, I haven't taken those for granted, but this year is not one of them. Uh, it's not one of them, but it, but again, if DJ Wagner's that dude, Dillingham, I think is going to be one of the most fascinating freshmen to come into UK ever in the history of the program. I think he could be really good. I think he could have a little Ryan Harrow to him. I don't know exactly where he's going to fall into the fold. And then the other pieces are are, are elite or should be elite. So it's going to be fascinating. But he did Cal did mess up this offseason. There's no there's no way to spin that. Is that only because that you all haven't gotten anybody out of the transfer portal? Because what you described with those freshmen is exactly what you were just talking about, right? I mean, why why is there not more excitement and hype around these freshmen? Why is that this whole offseason been so negative because we haven't gotten guys like you, you all have guys coming in. So I'm just, yeah, I'm confused it, by the whole thing. It's the, it's the, you haven't gotten older guys from the portal and you haven't gotten guys to stick around. Like the, 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 the whole premise here is, is 
young guys are like we need to get back to that but maybe just not everybody like may, maybe have a couple older role players and i don't i don't think that's too tall of an ask um you wouldn't you wouldn't think but it was i mean it, it very yeah. clearly was and and scoots roush is right it's like people are excited about the freshmen it's just they've been committed for a very long time so some of that shine has worn off and you felt like with this freshman class you're so close to putting together maybe a really dominant team that's going to have star talent, like NBA star talent, which we think that Calipari has to have to be able to win, which, you know, good. Every coach would love a little star talent. You've got that with this group. Just mix in the experience and boom. Like, where's the flaws? Where's the weakness? Where's the things that are going to be most troublesome or worrisome? You wouldn't have it if you just were able to return some veterans and experienced players, and they and they didn't do it. What's what's the better of the two options? The fear of the unknown and not knowing what to expect out of these guys, or you all landing a couple transfer portals here this summer, and all of a sudden expectations are through the roof because it seems like this perfect team, you know? I would much rather have the fear of the unknown with these freshmen and whatever. let the cards play as they may, you know? I think that's a little wild take. I, I would take the latter there and just think that we're going to be dominant. On yeah, but then, you, but then you're you're susceptible to being let down, you know. And that's I feel like what's well, been you, happening you, the last few years. Uh, yeah, we're that that's no stranger to us. I would much rather have you know awesome players coming back and be the potential of being let down than having this uncertainty ha- lingering. Fair enough. Now, I do think I do think that you kind of waded into a different conversation that I wanted to bring into that like. Again, I, I think people overlook that that Kellen Grady team as a total failure just because of what happened in March, which at the end of the day is a, a is a failure. But in the overall grand schemes, I'm going to bring it back around. Like with Calipari bringing in experienced players and proven college basketball players, it it it's, hasn't been great. It yeah, hasn't been sure. great. But when Cal's been at his best, it's when he has been truly at his best. It's with star freshmen that are dominating. You can't pick a dominant Cal year without star freshmen dominating. He hadn't had dominant star freshmen the last few years. He's had good freshmen. Like, Cason Wallace was good. Ty Ty was good. But they weren't, they weren't dominant. So you can make a case. If you wanted to be a big Cal butt slapper, you could say this is actually going to be more of the mold of Cal's best teams than than anything that you've seen in years. Maybe going back to De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, maybe the Kevin Knox team too. That one didn't go as well. But you could make a case that like this is actually the formula that he thrives with more. And I think more people would be willing to buy into that. One, if things would have been better lately, and they haven't been. And two if it just didn't seem like it was whiff after whiff this offseason along the way. That almost just makes, like, adds a little... uh, Even if you wanted to be optimistic, it's hard to be optimistic when every transfer that UK is attached to just almost instantly goes somewhere else. So we're long overdue for our last break. I cannot believe it's already 840. Time flies when you're having fun. It really, really Mm -hmm. does. All right, one final segment of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next on Big X Sports Radio.
Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Wait for it. With Walker and Roush. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Who got the vibe? It's the tribe, y'all. Tribe, y'all. Yo. Live, y'all. Live, y'all. Inside, outside, come around. Who's that? Brown. Some may I say. Wow. It's almost like Scoots was reading my brain. Reading my text messages. Coming back for one final segment of Kentucky Roll Call. Because I got a text saying, are we going after Jordan Brown from Lafayette? Familiar name for UK fans that have followed recruiting for a while. Jordan Brown was at Nevada. He's been mentioned with Kentucky for a little bit. He averaged 19 and 8 at Lafayette. I, I would be shocked if he came to UK. I'd love it. It'd be great. But another part of that whole conversation we just had is that like there is truth to some of these players. It's like, what's Jordan Brown's fit? Is he playing over Aaron Bradshaw at the four? No. It, could he play the five and Ugo slides out of the way? No. Like, I'm, I mean, maybe I would be open to competition, but I, I would see why that would maybe not be the most appealing destination, which brings me back to the whole point is that I just figured number two, a.k.a. Nil, would be able to convince people like that, all right, even if I am only playing 24 minutes a game, I'm getting more money by double than what I would be at some of these other places. And that just doesn't seem to be happening, unfortunately. So I'd love Jordan Brown, but the same as Akeisha Johnson, uh, same with Arthur Kaluma. I bet they probably look at the fit and they're just like, I'm, I'm yeah, a bench player. I want to play somewhere. Yeah. yeah, like I'm a bench yeah. player with the way the roster's set up right now. And you'd hope that UK would be able to convince them otherwise, but they haven't. And you'd hope Nil would be able to convince them otherwise, but it hasn't. So the same holding patterns. And, and that's the issue. Is it's not like there's – there's not one position that UK could be like, no, 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 you are the guy. Come on in and be it. UK seems covered at the one. They seem probably covered at the two, and we really wish that would have been Antonio Reeves, but it won't be. They seem covered at the three. They seem covered at the four, and they seem covered at the five. So it's they're, they're in a weird little holding pattern right now. We didn't get to bring up the other side of our conversation, Roush, which was Jeff Goodman calling out Seth Greenberg for holding Cal's water which I, I'll be brief here. Jeff Goodman, you calling, saying anybody else is holding anybody's water. Look at the mirror. <laughs> you so clown. Nobody holds more water. You're camel when it comes to holding water, buddy. The Bill and Self camel. This Bill Self camel and equally have good as hair as a camel. Um, that's hilarious. Like, a little self-awareness could go a long way. Even Rob Doster was calling out people for holding people's water, which he may have been doing it sarcastically. I don't know. But that whole field of 68, your whole business is built on carrying water. You get coaches on the show, and you speak very highly of them. And if coaches don't give you the time of day, then you don't. And that's what it comes down to with Calipari and these people that are coming after him. There are legit criticisms of Calipari. It's legit worrisome how this offseason has unfolded to certain degrees that we've detailed here on Kentucky Roll Call. But the people coming after him the hardest, they are doing so because they see some vulnerabilities and they're striking. Um, And they're not doing it because they have great relationships with the guy. I can tell you that. So that was, I just had, it would be, it'd be malpractice not to mention the Jeff Goodman angle of that whole conversation from yesterday. Uh, should we get to the Thornton's text line? We should. We absolutely should. Some good text here. Mm. Let's see. Starting with today's show. Uh, Texter says, Skeens has a, uh, Skeens caboose is great. Uh, well, 
Wasn't paying too much attention to his caboose. Oh my gosh. I bet he the baseball legs, pants are very legs like a tree tr- He had legs like a tree trunk. That text was right. He had a great, yeah, I understand. He did have a great caboose. <laughs> he looked a lot like me out there. He did not. Weather- TJ, if you ever, ever grow a mustache like that and wear a, what what do they call those things under his hat? And a, That guy, my gosh. If he was playing my team, I would have been so furious. He was annoying me. He is uh, good, he though. Annoy me more so by being maybe the best college pitcher I've ever seen throw in a tournament game. Uh, we're doing weather delays with storms over 50 miles out. I don't follow baseball often, but between this and the dorm controversy, the f- sport is full of whips. <laughs> there is so much drama that goes on with college baseball. 8 p.m., these cowards down in Louisiana making me waste perfect outdoor TV day. Luckily, it ended up being a great outdoor TV evening, but I can relate. We had people over. We had food roush. We were like, well, what are we going to do now? We had the soccer the Champions League soccer match on for a little bit, and then we were just mostly watching horse racing. But, yeah, that really ruined our Saturday. Thanks a lot, LSU. Mm, it's a bummer. Gosh Real dang it, if I had bummer. social media, I'd call them, Dagon LSU people so soft, stupid scaredy cats. Play the dang game. Hope the cats sweep now. How dare we not play in daylight to let those Looney Tunes get rowdy under the lights. Erroneous. Yeah, and the only issue is is when you get smacked 14 nothing, you really can't probably complain too much. Yeah, yeah. Um we're having the you can't win with freshman conversation at 23 feels like i'm losing my mind well it's it's college basketball very old right now um so that's why it's it, it it's the case but to that point um to say that you can't win with freshmen it's like you can if they're really good and really the only people that won with freshmen too were kentucky and duke mm-hmm. and did anybody else have freshmen that were good enough to win with I mean, Carmelo and Syracuse 20 years before them all. But during that run, it really was just Kentucky and Duke, um, the one and done high. So it can be done if they're good enough. And other teams would blend in really good freshmen. I mean, Alabama last year was relatively young, uh, mm-hmm. Quinterly being a little bit of an exception there. But I, I think what most people just assume is the right blend is you star freshman talent that aren't going to be hanging around college basketball a long time. And then a few pieces of experience that have been through the ringer kind of can teach the younger guys. And that's kind of the mold Kansas has been going through. Michigan state would have some star freshmen here or there fewer now than, than back in the day, but uh, you can, you can, but you can also have 2020 seasons with freshmen or 2013 seasons with freshmen as well. Like it can also go the other way. This is the most painful and frustrating baseball game I've ever watched. That was from Sean O. It was, uh, it was not good. Another texture says 350 something teams try to win with veterans every year. And most of them fail. And there's truth to that too. It's true. Just have good players. Uh, If you have good players, it's going to be all right. Are these players good? We don't know. Clutch is making sure Kentucky doesn't get any transfers. So the freshmen get all the minutes. That's the problem. They own college basketball though. I think more people were pulling the strings in college basketball than you knew for a very long time. Um, but I don't doubt that there's some gamesmanship going on there for sure. They, they need their guys to be featured. And that's, that's something that I don't know if Calipari necessarily totally anticipated, or if he said, you know what, I'll still, I'll, okay, fine. I'll take Bradshaw and you all can play all the games that you want, but behind the scenes, I'm going to, I'm going to make it work for me. And he was wrong about that. Uh, I'm not sure, but text that's a that's a good text into the show. The clutch aspect of all this, and not even necessarily just clutch, but like clutch representing just other people that 
have to look out in the best interest of these recruits or these freshmen, and it's scaring away other people. Cal released a video Cal- saying, oh, go ahead, Roush. Yeah, I was just going to read it. Um, yeah. Cal released a video saying we don't do a collective because we're Kentucky. Also went on to say how much money we have produced in the pros. I just don't think he gets it. In order to win at the highest level, we have to have those premier role players that aren't NBA players to win. Saying that message to those type of guys will always have them saying thanks, but no thanks. I need my nil while they just laugh and chuckle in his face. That's a good point in that. I mean, the, the, the guys who are trying to cash in on the portal, they're going to the portal because they're not good enough to be in the NBA. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, this is when their stonks are at their highest and they're, they have the most value being college basketball role players so that they need to be treated as such. I think that's the, the kind of mindset this texture is getting at, and I don't disagree. Honestly, what was the shadiness for by LSU? What do you think they were trying to do behind the scenes? Clearly, the whole weather ordeal was a cop-out. Just so dumb and crazy, the NCAA let it happen. They didn't want their pitcher to get going and then have to be pulled later. Like, pitchers with weather delays, depending on the length of the weather delay, it, it will just take out a starting pitcher. Because you, yeah. you, you you go through your whole process, you get loose, you're ready, you're throwing, it feels good, and then you just don't throw for an hour, two hours, three hours, your arm gets stiff, it gets tight, you can't really get back to what you were doing. So they just wanted to make sure that their star pitcher was going to get as many innings as he needed. Um, and unfortunately, just the fact it was a blowout, we can't really even whine or complain too much about it. Yeah, It's Chick-fil-A, Is Chick-fil-A the most well-run restaurant of all time. I swear I've never come across one bad employee at Chick-fil-A, regardless of any state. They're all elite. Well, there are no Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. That Middletown drive-through, it's operate Chick Fil A. They have no idea what they they could learn a thing or two from the way Salsarinas oh. operates. Their and those flame grilled meats too. I mean, mm. nice try, Chick Fil A. You can't keep up with Salsarinas. Um, you know who tried really nice yesterday through inclement weather? Uh, Nick Taylor. Did you all see that putt at the RBC Canadian Open yes. in the fourth playoff hole? Incredible, oh incredible. Yeah, slower slower day. We're probably talking about that for much longer but that was an insane finish and then adam hadwin getting tackled really made the whole the whole clip i, I didn't know he was a former Louisville golfer too but yeah he went to celebrate champagne shower and the security guard uh the, they've released a slow-mo video this morning of the angle and he just gets taken out it's so funny by the I way to, i feel go ahead Scoops. did you all see adam hadwin's wife roast him last week no <laughs> so he had posted a picture of their dishwasher and it was all a jumbled mess on the top layer. And he was like, have you all ever seen a more disorganized mess in your whole life? And she comments on the post and says, we all fall a little short on our weekend jobs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. I did not see that, but I'm glad you brought that up. That's, oh, that is that's, funny. Um, oh, man, that is good. Yeah. Man. I feel a little bad for the security guard, too. He just he was just trying to do what he thought was he was supposed to be doing. And instead... Maybe tackled and ruined an entire golfer's career. The uh, the call that Jim Nance delivered too, where uh, it's the first Canadian that that has won the Canadian Open since 1954, and Jim Nance is like, well, they're just like, uh, Immelman says something about just want to get it close, and Nance just, are you serious? It was, it was incredible. Yeah, he had like some like beautiful and free line or something like that. And then they were like, Adam Hadwin just got tackled. Security guard thought he was a a spectator. Uh, By the way, speaking of U of L, Roush, I don't like what your uncle's doing on the recruiting trail. 
He got a running back that UK was trying to get, um, Duke Watson, former Georgia Tech commit. I think UK will be all right at the running back position, but one thing, UK, that we're not going to do, L when UK started recruiting well, and they still Kentucky. They play in the SEC, stoops, poops. He's not going to do anything. Uh, they just had their head in the sand as UK upgraded their talent across the board, and then sure enough, they couldn't keep their head in the sand as they were getting beaten by 50 in the Governor's Cup every year. That's one thing we shouldn't do with L. They're recruiting really well, folks. Like they're, This is turning into something that is going to be a, a thorn in our side. Uh, very funny. Uh, we were trying to find the link for the commitment for Jordan Burks, and the graphic is just Jordan Burks commits to Kentucky. Like, that's the video, and they're premiering it in three months. So <laughs> Jordan Burks going to be a Wildcat. I like the addition, folks. It doesn't add experience, but it's another talented scorer with a really high ceiling. He's going to get serious minutes. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's like a seven, eight-point-per-game player for UK. John here. Good morning, everyone. Wow, this is not the Miami ordered in the NBA Finals. Give me the Nuggets to win by eight tonight, and Joker is your Finals MVP. On a side note, I do agree with Seth Greenberg and what he had to say about Coach Cal and the local media. He tweeted out, no worries, Cal will do enough winning this coming season to stop all the crap talking, especially with some of their hidden agendas. We all know you might be a little sad because we will not come on your show, but he does come on KRC because they're simply the best. We'll got to go talk to you later. Well, no, Cal needs to do more media. And KRC, KSR, Louie and Issel, local media, he needs to talk more to. And it doesn't also just have to be radio. Do some podcasts if you want. Just do more talking. You can pay $9 million a year. You can spend 30 minutes of your day chatting with some people about the state of the basketball program. Uh, so I don't agree with you there, John, but everything else I do agree with you, especially on the Nuggets. Thanks for the text in. Have a good day, buddy. The big X promo I, uh, code. Have, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I appreciated the um, – the. Uh, oh, no. and I, Dang it. The Nuggets, the Seth complete- Greenberg tweet, local media talk. Oh, oh, we we said the summer camp circuit where media just got like two weeks of layup content and they just don't do that anymore. Like they're still doing the camps, but media is not there getting to know these guys or anything like that. That that I don't like that. So I emailed UK about that. They said there are no media opportunities, but but media can come and shoot B-roll. You know, they can shoot film. They just aren't there. They can't talk to anybody. So hmm. dumb, like dumb, not not yeah. what I would do, UK. but but also not like the reason to send everything up in smoke either. But they should talk more. It's a total miss. The Big X promo code got put to use last night. Three pairs for just under $100, including a mystery pair. Let's see what the hype is about. Oh, we got another Shady Rays customer. ShadyRays.com, promo code Big X, the best polarized sunglasses in all the land. Incredible deals and specials and offers. Trust me, check out their website. Perfect Father's Day gift if you're still scrambling. ShadyRays.com. Seth has 100% got the call from Cal for damage control yesterday. Seth's tweets came out about an hour before the news missing out on Kaluma. At this point, I've already got basketball fatigue. <laughs> well, don't. Don't have basketball fatigue. Give no. these kids a chance. Give this team a chance. But you're not wrong about the, the damage control. That was – I don't know if Cal specifically asked Seth to tweet that stuff out, but they clearly had a conversation where Cal was like, I'm getting roasted by local media, and they think we're going to be – like, that was Cal's words in Seth Greenberg's Twitter. Hey, Rush, hey, Rush I think – Oh, go ahead. What Greenberg is saying is Cal is not washed up. He's still making big moves. Will these moves mean a championship? That's why we play the games. And agenda by the press, yes, yeah, selling articles just like yourself. You know that. Don't act baffled by this statement. I mean, 
Greenberg has an agenda too. He's doing what somebody else tells him to write in order to help them out. Like it, this is queer as day. Everybody be nice to everybody. We all just want UK basketball to be good. Will I think this team be what, good? Everybody, we'll find out together, folks, but just don't yeah. be an insufferable loser. That's, What's that would more be telling best. is who else would Cal talk to when he needs somebody to go to bat for him in the media? Who else is he going to talk to besides Greenberg right now? Dan I think Patrick, he's the only one. Mike DeCourcy. Patrick? Those are like his big three. That's not that many. <laughs> and it's, it's only like he could he could have more if he wanted to. Yeah. If he wanted you know, to. He could, that, that, that's, a, that's an area that it's pretty tough to kind of defend Cal on. This team could be good. It could be good. I'm going to say it a million times. It could be good. But the way he kind of handles his media obligations or uh, just, just chatting, keeping fans updated on what the latest is, I, I think that's a swing and a miss there. But they're going to get Burks. It seems like it's already official. There's going to be more additions to basketball. That's good. That's good but still some major question marks. And we'll have all summer to keep talking in circles about all this stuff. We'll make it fun, though, and we won't be mean. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Get your text in. Okay. text line for the podcast listeners. We'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday, 7 a.m. Everybody have a great Monday. See you later. We love, we love, oh.